What up, Tiger Bombers? It's your boy, Ralph Lark, and we're just going to uh, do our quick rewind show um, and go over everything that happened in week two of NFL action. So hopefully it was a good week for you guys. We're going to go through the reload segment just like we did last week and uh, talk about all the um, things that we said would happen. And then we'll go through those uh, DFS DraftKings picks as well because it's so important that we pick it apart and have to put the proof where the pudding is, so to speak, and uh, deliver for you guys every week. So these will be important podcasts too. It's a little different from the regular one. Because, you know, it's just a quick review, but again, want to prove to you guys that, you know, your time is worth something here and you should continue to listen. So we'll go over that stuff. And then also um, just a few notes at the end. Guys, whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes or whatever the case may be, you can, you know, hit that subscribe button or that like button too if, if the app has it. That's always really impactful. All right. So the first game that we went over in the reload segment was the uh, Dolphins at the Jets. And happy to say I had, a, I had it wrong. Dolphins won this game. I did think that the Jets were going to win. I thought both these defensive units would play well. And I said that Tannehill had the least amount of time to throw in week one, and that would continue. He was under duress, but was able to do enough to get the win. Um, the Jets' D um, just fell short of our expectations. They didn't get double-digit points, but they did have two fumble recoveries and four sacks, so they were just shy of it. Um, It wasn't like they put up a dud, but it wasn't that home run we were looking for. And then the Dolphins' defense on the other side, Tiger Bombers, they um, came and they brought it and they uh, produced 13 points. They had three sacks as a unit, two interceptions, and a fumble recovery, so we did hit on that pick. Jarius Grant didn't do squat, and neither did Isaiah Crowell. You know, the Jets were more playing from behind. So I think one thing we can kind of look forward to is it looks like when they're ahead, they want to kind of plot it with Crowell. And then when they're behind, they want to use Bilal Powell a little bit more. Um, He was involved in the passing game. And so just one trend that we can kind of isolate and say this is probably a thing moving forward. Um, I'm back on Crowell, I think, again, um, this upcoming week, though. But we'll get to that on Saturday. Next game was the Panthers at Falcons. We said there should be some offense, and there was quite a bit of offense in this game. Um, I also recommended McCaffrey um, because we talked about how the Falcons have issues stopping passes to the running back. Um, Well, McCaffrey had a great game, and it wasn't necessarily due to his rushing attempts. He only had eight attempts, 37 yards, but... He caught 14 of his 15 receiving targets. That's a huge number for 102 yards. So just as we thought that game script went um, how we said it would. Cam, I said, would have a great game. And um, he had a monster day too. 335 yards in the air, three touchdowns against one pick. And then he added those 42 rushing yards too. So we were able to get that big day from Cam. Um, Julio, no, he kind of busted. They really um, sold out to stop him. So we missed there. Funches, uh, kind of a decent day. Seven, he caught seven of his nine targets for 77 receiving yards, and we did recommend him at a low, low price on DraftKings. Um, so that kind of worked out. Sanu was a miss. He completely flopped, so we missed there. Next game was the Colts at the Redskins, and uh, we uh, recommended, I recommended Luck. Told you guys to play him, and they won that game. I didn't think they were going to be able to win the game, but they were able to do enough uh, in terms of points, 21 points to stop the Redskins. So 
Um, he didn't need to do too much more than he did. Um, he didn't blank or anything like that, but he just didn't go over that 20-point mark we're looking for in fantasy usually. Um, I didn't recommend either tight end from the Colts because I said that um, they'll pass to both of them out of that double tight end set. And I did say, you know, for what it's worth, that I think I would lean towards Ebron getting the touchdown, looking for him in the end zone. And that's what happened. Ebron caught the touchdown, but the tight end shared that work there. So it wasn't worth really playing either of them. Um, Alex Smith, um, he had 292 yards, no touchdowns. That's the problem there, though. If he gets in the air once or twice, then that's a really big day for him. So again, not a complete dud, but we needed just a little more there. We really missed on Jordan Reed, though. He didn't do squat. And then Thompson. Thompson only had four rushes for one yard. Um, But look, we hit on him for the reason that we thought. Catching those passes out of the backfield, I talked about that. I said he looked a little better than Peterson. And he did catch 13 of his 14 receiving targets for 92 yards. So we can continue to look for that with Thompson. Um, Remember, as long as he can stay healthy, I think that's the guy there. Our next game was the uh, Texans, the Titans. And in this one... Um, I was thinking that Watson would have some time to throw like he did in week one. Um, you have to sort of play off of him, uh, because he could run, he's got that dual threat. And so, you know, I sort of assumed it'll be, you know, kind of up to him to see what he does with it. Well, he had 310 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw the one pick, but he had himself a pretty good day too. Um, Hopkins recommended him and Fuller. Now they both went ballistic. Hopkins has six receptions for 110 yards. And then Fuller was more heavily targeted. He caught eight of his nine receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. So big days from both of those guys in that unit as a whole. They didn't win the game, though. The Titans showed up. They stuck with it. I think after playing Miami all day the first week, um, they're ready for a much shorter game this week. And they beat the Texans down the end. Um, I did recommend Lewis. I said they'd be playing from behind, and he didn't have uh, too stellar of a day. And we missed on Corey Davis, too, but the the logic was there. I said if if he if Mariota plays and he can catch the ball because he'll be heavily targeted, he could produce, and he'll need to convert more. And again, guys, I watched the game and saw this dude drop the targets. I mean, they're hitting them right in the numbers with good passes. I don't know what else you know, to say with this dude, and he's in another good spot this week, but maybe he's getting into his own head or something like that. Next game was the Eagles at the Bucks. Fitz Magic, baby, just shocked us all. I didn't hear anybody recommending them or him this week, so if anybody's going to tell you after the fact they knew that he was going to blow up the Eagles defense too, they're a lie. I recommended the Eagles defense. Obviously, that was a bad play. I did recommend Deshaun Jackson, saying that, um, that, you know, Tampa Bay wasn't going to beat Philly deep, in my opinion. So I liked him in the slot in the under routes. And uh, he had a heck of a day. He only caught four targets, but he was only targeted the four times. But he made it go for 129 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that was that 75-yard bomb uh, that fits through to him right away to start the game uh, for the touchdown. Mike Wallace missed. And I think dude has a broken fibula or something like that, broke his leg. You can be done with him. I mean... You know, Jeffrey's going to be coming back soon, and he just had, he didn't, wasn't able to do anything with the opportunity he was given, 34 years old or something like that. We can cut ties at this point. There's, if he was going to do it, it would have happened already. Um, Ajay, I recommended as well, and uh, he got a touchdown, but he got hurt, so he left this game. He ended up coming back, but just missed too much time off the field to be effective. 
Uh, and then I recommended uh, Ertz and Foles as well. And, uh, you know, Ertz was uh, magnificent. He caught 11 of his 13 targets for 94 yards. And uh, Foles had 334 yards and a touchdown. So, again, if you're noticing a theme, Tiger Bombers, it's that we want to look for whether they are running backs or wide receivers or tight ends, people that are heavily targeted. And you could find these numbers just as easily as I can on, you know, the NFL Next Generation Stats website. Um, that's all really important stuff. That's how I'm able to sort of say this is where I think the attention is going to go. Um, the next game was the whopper of the one, the Chiefs at the Steelers. And honestly, this is why I couldn't return anything back on DraftKings because basically week two, in a nutshell, you had to have this one game stacked. And if you didn't, well, then you weren't going to go very hard or far. So I recommended a few players in this game. Big Ben, um, he produced. He had just about the same amount of points as Mahomes. I know Mahomes' looks more flashy because it's the six touchdowns and it was all electrifying, but Big Ben threw up 435 uh, yards, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry, 452 yards and three touchdowns on no interceptions. That's a heck of a day. We talked about the issues that the Chiefs have in their secondary, and we knew that he was going to be able to exploit that, and they, and they were able to do that. The Chiefs are going to continue to have secondary problems, so I'll continue to look for that trend. I recommended Brown, and, you know, he was targeted 17 times. There's some frustration there. He only caught nine of them, so it was a dud play. He only had, like, 67 yards, and obviously we had the cryptic tweet on Sunday, and then he missed his practice on Monday, and now his camp's swearing he doesn't want to be traded, and I don't know what's going on there, but, I mean, we our logic was right, Tiger Bombers. I hope that makes sense. 17 times this guy was targeted, but he only caught nine of them, so... Um, you know, interesting stuff there. I don't think it was much a case of the, you know, the Chiefs shutting him down, so to speak. Obviously, he did garner some attention, which opened things up for other folks. But um, I don't know. I think I think there's another distraction there. Uh, we recommended Pat Mahomes, who turned out to be the fantasy play of week two. Um, he had a whopping 326 yards and six touchdowns. Is he going to keep going at this pace? No. And we can have this argument all day long. People want to say, well, he doesn't run. He's doing it from the pocket. That's why he's not like those other mobile quarterbacks because I kind of compare him to like Deshaun Watson. But look, the issue is just that this is the NFL and teams are going to cue in on what they're doing. And they've played some fairly softer defenses, it looks like. Um, he's going to have stiffer competition down the road. We'll see if he's able to continue to reproduce at such a high rate. But my inkling says, no, I would be trying to trade high on him right now to get back as much value as you can. We talked about how you can get points at the quarterback position pretty easily. Fitzmagic is a prime example of that. And you know what? Um, I just think that you can get those points or at least a fair share of those points from somewhere else, and you can return back value from him. Now, when teams start to cue in on him, and shut down those receivers, it'll swing more back to Hunt. So I know Hunt owners are, are kind of on edge now because they're not seeing as much as they like from him probably. But Hunt owners, just just you know, stay there, relax. Season is still early. There's only two games. And I promise you, game script will dictate that they go back there more often. Um, we recommended Juju Smith-Schuster, and he caught 13 of his 19 targets for 121 yards and a touchdown. So a big day for him. 
I did recommend Kelsey as well, and he had an awesome day. Caught seven of his 10 targets for 109 yards, but he caught two touchdowns. They had a penalty um, early on in the first quarter. Um, he did catch a nice ball at the um, just right at the uh, uh, end zone line, basically on the left side with defenders flanking all over him. Almost had himself a three-touchdown game, but just a nuts game from him. And then uh, Tyreek Hill was my you know other recommendation. He caught five of his six targets for 90 yards and a touchdown. Um, you want to look at it versus other players in this game, but the, that's just a temptation. You should look at it versus all the players on the slate. So that's a hit right there for sure. Um, I also said I wasn't sold on either running game going ballistic this week, and we saw that was the case. On to the next game, Chargers and Bills. Um, talked about the West Coast team going East, but I didn't think the Chargers would be phased. Um, I said Rivers wouldn't be needed. He still went for 256 and three touchdowns. I thought Gordon would have himself a good day. Um, he had um, over 128, he had 128 rushing yards and a touchdown. He also caught 38 uh, yards of receiving, uh, six receptions, excuse me, 38 reception yards and two touchdown passes. So that's what made Rivers relevant. It was, as I said, that they could just go to Gordon, but Sometimes as they got closer to the goal line, the Bills were trying to buckle down. And so, you know, Rivers had to pass it in. But to my point, they got it to Gordon. The game was about getting it to Gordon and beating the Bills that way. And teams are going to continue to do that as well. Recommended Gates, that was a bust too. I thought if they did get to those goal line situations where they would need to pass, then maybe he could reap the benefits of a touchdown or something like that. I told you he wouldn't have a monster game, but he could score maybe once or twice. Um, but Gordon pilfered him. Next game was the Vikings at the Packers. And so, you know, I missed on the Packers side because I had a lot of faith in the Vikings defense after the way they beat up Rodgers last year. But I gave you a few different game scripts based on the injury prognosis. And so let's go with what actually happened. I said, if Rodgers plays, then my recommendation was the Vikings. Um, I was I was taking Diggs, Cousins and Thielen as good plays on the week. Well, Rodgers played, Adams played, and then so Diggs went off for, he caught nine of his 13 targets for 128 yards and two touchdowns. Thielen caught 12 of his 13 targets for 131 yards and a touchdown. And then Cousins just had a completely monstrous day. I know I was on the downside of that, um, but he caught 425 yards. My opponent had him. He threw for four touchdowns uh, to go with that 425 through the air and against just one interception. So pretty big hit right there in terms of what we expected if Rodgers played. I just didn't think um, that it would obviously be a, a shootout. I didn't think that uh, Green Bay was going to be able to put up as many points as they did. Um, so that was the miss there, just not recommending the Packers. Um, next game was the Browns at the Steelers. Uh, I recommended Breeze. He went for 243 and two touchdowns. You know, kind of modest. Um, Kamara, I recommended. That was a miss. I recommended Landry. That was a miss. This is a much more defensive game. I recommend again. That was also a miss. I recommended Tyrod. That was a miss. He only had 246 yards and one touchdown and one pick. I recommended um, Gordon as well out of the wide receiver position, Josh. And, uh, you know, that didn't work out either. He ended up missing some time, too, being pulled out of that game. We'll get to him at the end of this segment uh, with regard to moving forward to the Patriots. Our next game was the uh, Lions at the Niners, and I said this would be a shootout, which it was. Um, I liked Stafford. 
Stafford threw for 347 yards and three touchdowns. I also like Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones didn't really produce as much as he should have. He caught four of his nine targets. He had a touchdown, but only 54 yards. So we'll say we kind of missed there. We missed on Jimmy G. He just didn't produce uh, as many yards as we thought he would through the air. Missed on Kittle as well. Uh, and I did my last recommendation from the game was Brita. And Brita we hit on. He had 11 attempts for 138 yards and a touchdown. I did talk about him being the better back and that that was going to come to fruition over the course of the season. So I think already we're starting to see that. Our next game was the Cardinals at the Rams. Me and everybody else, I talked about that being a chalk play, but I was on it too. Ricky Seals-Jones, we all missed on that. Just couldn't do anything. I think um, Jermaine Gresham's coming back, so that's probably the end of Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, Gurley I recommended, and of course he had a Ty Gurley kind of day. Nineteen, Only 19 well, he had 19 attempts, only 42 yards, but three touchdowns, right? So he got that goal line work. He is a dominant back, and he looks great in that offense that just revolves around him. Um, just a phenomenal effort there. I recommended Brandon Cooks, who looks like a great fit in L.A. after being a pretty poor fit in um, New England. This guy caught seven of his nine targets for 159 yards. We recommended Fitz and, uh, and, um, and uh, David Johnson. From the Cardinals, bad plays. Said the Cardinals would be playing from behind. They were, but they couldn't do anything with it. Just a lousy effort. Um, I don't know, and right now, if you are, you know, David Johnson owners, I'm a little concerned because they they haven't been able to open up any lanes for him. They don't have a passing game right now. I don't know what's going on there, but it doesn't bode well for those owners. Our next game was the uh, Patriots at the Jaguars. I thought the Pats will, you know, try to, I thought they would find a way to win this game, and that is not what happened. The Jaguars definitely had a chip on their shoulder from the AFC Championship game, and they went in there and uh, took care of business at home. I said the Pats would take away the run, and they did. Yeldon was only held to like 58 yards. Um, That's Belichick's thing. He's always going to try to uh, pump the brakes on whatever it is you guys do best. So I thought in lieu of that, that ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins, could have himself a decent day because they would need to move the ball somehow. Um, that wasn't the case. He did catch one touchdown, but he didn't get very many yards at all in the day. I thought James White could score but not rack up the yards, and it was just the opposite. He um, caught seven of eight receiving targets for 73 yards out of the backfield because those receivers were shut down. Even Gronk was shut down. Um I said Brady would win, but his numbers won't be stellar. He didn't win. And his numbers weren't stellar, but they were sufficient. I mean, 234 and two touchdowns, they weren't terrible. But uh, just a good game by the Jags. Keelan Cole showed up. That was nice to see. I didn't even have him anywhere on my radar, and that dude went off. Um, Next game was the Raiders at the Broncos. We recommended Cook at the tight end position from Oakland. I thought that would be how the Raiders could attack Denver and he caught all four of his four targets, but pedestrian yards, nothing really going for him on the day. So a dud pick there recommended Keenum. And that was a dud pick there. Um, the Raiders played him a little bit better than I thought they would, um, or a lot better. Actually, we recommended Emmanuel Sanders. He only had four targets, but he caught all four of them for 96 yards. So that paid off Demarius Thomas. We recommended not much doing there for Mr. Thomas. Our next game was the giants at the Cowboys. Cowboys surprised me and showed up here. I thought the Giants were going to win this game, but I did recommend uh, both running backs, so Zeke Elliott. Now, he had 17 attempts for 78 yards and a touchdown. We also recommended uh, Saquon Barkley. He had 11 attempts for just a pedestrian, 28 yards, but, folks, he caught 14 
I said he caught 14 of his 16 receiving targets for 80 receiving yards. So that's a lot of attention right there. 80 plus receiving yards. That's a lot of attention right there. Eli, um, he went for 279 and one touchdown, so just shy of 300. Really, if he had one more touchdown, would have been an extra solid day for him, but not a bad effort. OBJ, I recommended, and Odell Beckham could not get open. The Giants uh, couldn't get the ball to him. I said the Giants um, were not very good versus the tight end, but that the Cowboys didn't have anybody emerge, so it wouldn't be effective, and that was the case. And then on Monday night, uh, recommended the Bears in a victory, and they, they did win um, against those Seahawks. The defense showed up. It was nice and impressive. Recommended uh, Marshall, Brandon Marshall, and it was a dud day for him. I mean, they, they, you know, he led the receivers in the first half, but that's not saying much. They, they really couldn't get any yardage going. The Bears defense just stifled them. Um, I said Russ Wilson would find a way to run around and make something happen. Um, he did, 226 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, right? Not like spectacular, but he kept them in the game just by being Russ Wilson. We recommended uh, Jordan Howard, and he kind of had a pedestrian day. Um, and then we recommended Trey Burton as well. He only had four targets, but he caught all four of them for 20 yards. He had a touchdown. Um, and then we recommended Tariq Cohen. That was a bust to the Bears really look like um, the Bears of old, a team that plays good defense uh, with a questionable quarterback, solid running back or running backs, um, and that's what they want to build around and, and good play at the tight end position. That's what they want to build around. Um, it looks like Trubisky is not as good as we hoped he would be, but at the end of the day, as a lifelong you know Bears fan, I, I'm – that's not what they've needed from the quarterback position. This team has found ways to be dominant um, by having better units on the defensive side of the ball. That's what they have right now. Mac is a force, and he makes that defensive force. All right, guys. Um, that was the reload segment. And then we also had our DFS main slate picks that I went through. So, again, to summarize, um, I, and I actually went with Keenum, too, um, which was a bust. So I gave you four quarterbacks. Uh, we missed on Keenum and Jimmy G, but we did um, hit on Stafford, and the nuts was Mahomes. He's the guy that went off, so it was nice to have that recommendation play in there at 6,100 for you guys. Definitely got your money's worth. For the running backs, um, Dud on Kamara, Dud, or I'm sorry, Dud on Kamara, Dud on Connor, uh, Dud on Peterson, and I talked about being more on Thompson. And a dud on Crowell. Thompson did all right. Um, we, we, we got sufficiently paid off there at $5,900 on DraftKings. And then Gordon returned good value to a $7,400, as we discussed earlier. We also recommended Brita, who returned good value, too. So, again, uh, we hit on three guys, missed on three guys. Um, the wide receivers, we missed on um, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, missed on Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones, uh, Demarius Thomas, I missed on Ted Ginn, and Galladay. I recommended quite a few um, wide receivers, as well as Jarius Grant from the Miami Dolphins, who I actually played. Um, but we did hit on Juju Smith-Schuster. We hit on Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, the nuts was uh, Fuller, who we recommended. Told you guys to play him at 5,300, so you guys hit on Will Fuller. Uh, we hit on Funches at 4,700. Remembered for, for what he did, that was good value. Um, and that was that. Tight end, we missed on Gronk, uh, we missed on Cook in and, and Oakland, and Kittle, and uh, Reed, too. Um, I thought that Reed and Washington was a really good play at 5,000, Jordan Reed, and we missed there. 
ASJ got his touchdown, so he kind of covered a little bit, but he didn't go crazy with the yards. We did miss on Ricky Seals-Jones, too. Um, so really the only tight end we hit on was uh, Ertz. So hopefully you uh, took him. Uh, recommended just a few defenses. Um, the Rams I recommended, and that was a very good play. They shut out their opponent, the Cardinals. We recommended Denver, and that turned out not to be a good play at $3,300. I recommended the Vikings whether Rodgers played or not. We know that was a bad play, too. I did recommend the Jets at 2500 and I recommended them specifically on DK over Miami because I thought the Jets would win that game, but I did highlight it, Miami as being a choice, too. Uh, maybe somebody did end up going with Miami because that was the pick um, in, you know, as opposed to the Jet one. So that's how we did last week, guys. Um, couple of notes before I let you go. I want to talk about Josh Gordon. Um, just some weird circumstances. I mean, he gets the injury, you know, has to leave the game, shows up. You know, I don't know if he's a little disheveled or whatever the case. They thought he might be under the influence or something like that on Monday. I don't know. But from there, you know, they talk about releasing him and then um, put together this trade with New England that's, you know, they're tiptoeing through right now language stuff or whatever. But you know, more power to him. I understand why the why Cleveland has to let him go. You got to draw the line somewhere, or else that's Josh Gordon's team, and he's running it. It's not the 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 you know the player doesn't run the team. You know, this is an organization, and they would look silly if they would continue to give him chance after chance. I don't care what kind of infraction it was or whatever it was, but you got to at some point stand up and say enough is enough, and let him go be somebody else's problem. Of course, the Patriots swoop in right away and I was hearing things about um, Dallas and uh, San Francisco being some preferred choices for Mr. Gordon but the Patriots came in right away you know these are smart people they're going to get the most they can out of him they're not going to tolerate his crap I don't think they'll have issues with him up there and he's got the goat you know he's got Brady he's got the other goat Belichick Um, to be in that system and to have the raw talent that he has and to have the deficiencies that they have at court at uh, wide receiver but to have Gronk at tight end and to have Brady, this is all really good for the Patriots. And um, it's so funny how other teams just let them continuously rob the cradle like this. And, um, you know, I don't think a lot of other teams want to take a, a chance on him. But we'll see sooner rather than later if this can work. Uh, another thing I want to touch on Tiger Bombers is Vontae Davis. You know what? This dude, um, <laughs> I got no words. He quit on his team at halftime. And just did not come back out. Retired at halftime. And you know what, man? I could understand you saying that you didn't think that, you know, you were up to that level of play or whatever the case may be. And it's not fair to them. But it's really unfair to them to quit during the game. Talk about putting your team in a bind. That's incredibly selfish. Um, I don't know where all that's coming from. But really unheard of. I'm sure it's a good riddance sort of thing. I feel bad for Bill's you know, players and coaches and fans to have to deal with that crap, but um, good riddance. I mean, you can go do whatever it is you want to do now, but at the end of the day, if a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with him, then I guess I'm kind of okay with that because he let a lot of people down right there. To do that on that team when they have so many things going so poorly for them right now, you know, the big talk is it's like walking out on your family, you know, so that's, that's not a cool move, man. And then finally, um, the last thing I want to talk about is trades. I hope you guys took advantage of my uh, advice last Saturday. And we talked about the fact that the best players right now 
that are not on your team are not on the waiver wire. These players are on other people's teams. And so you want to do what you can to propose trades. Now, that being said, because this is kind of like getting under my skin at this point. That being said, trading is, I don't know why it's such a, like it's so weird in so many leagues. Some leagues, you know, I'm so fed up with uh, guys putting forth deals that don't make sense. Like don't make sense at all. Like, don't make sense at all. Like, you have the Detroit Lions defense, and you really think I'm going to give you the Jets defense in a straight-up trade? Like, that's ridiculous. That's the first thing I had to say on my little soapbox about trades. Like, you know, you know nobody's going to do that. Like, stop wasting people's time with crap that doesn't make sense. The other thing I want to say about trades is you deserve to lose if you're too scared to make a trade. You're sitting on players on your bench that you won't play, but you're too afraid to make a trade because you're worried that they're going to go off of somebody else makes it. People are presenting good trades to you and you don't even have enough cojones to pull the trigger. Like, what is that? Like, it's a fantasy football team, people. Like, I'm not asking you to take a risk in your real life, but like, what is the taboo? about like moving forward with trades and certainly if you can move forward with it answer the people in some sort of a timely manner like what is this like never respond or never say anything or anything like that like I enjoy leagues where you guys can have an exchange about it right maybe there's even like a counter trade or something like that but what what is the what's the point of all that other garbage and then the final thing I want to say about trades is this You know, the other thing is this. I have no, like, to me, good riddance to the people that make side deals outside of, outside of, like, a league, for for example. And then, like, you know, when you look at it, you guys can clearly see, everybody else can see that it's a lopsided deal. And so that, like, some other arrangement was made. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, you know... If you if you need to win that badly, that's crazy. I never even thought about wanting to win so badly that I would make a outside of the league deal off to the side because some people don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And you might be one of those people. We could have a whole nother segment on this another time if you want to, but sound off. Let me know. Tweet at me. We are on Twitter at the process, T-B-S-A-E. What do you think about under the table? deals because me as I just said I'm against that stuff I want to be able to see like you know what impresses me as a trade a trade that you're able to pull off that we can all look on paper and say okay they were able to get this done and it makes sense right but I have literally little to no respect when you're trading a superstar for a bench player or some other weird sketchy arrangement that no that we all know had to be made through politics through, you know, text and phone calls and some sort of back-ended deal. So if you need to win that bad, I guess more power to you. But the rest of us are going to play it straight up. And I am interested, Tiger Bombers, in what you guys would think about all that. I'm going to step off the soapbox, though. That's it for this episode. And uh, we will catch you guys on Saturday again as we break down week three and get y'all ready for that one. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.